Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is iFanboy Special Edition, DC Showcase, Constantine, The House of Mystery. Picture yourself, set up for good in the whole of life. Mystery zone. Make us a house, some faraway town where nobody will know us well. Where your dad's not around. Hello, welcome to my fanboy special edition, DC Showcase, Constantine, the House of Mystery. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and we have assembled the Animated Brain Trust. I've got Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Dr. Ryan Haupt. Hi. We're here to discuss DC Showcase, Constantine, the House of Mystery. There'll be spoilers. This is the third all-shorts compilation that they've put out through the course of this journey we've been on with these DC Universe animated original films. Quite a few of them have had short films in the beginning, and so they put out these compilations with the shorts from the previous cycle, plus an original story to kick it off, and so that's what we've got here with Constantine, the House of Mystery. Paul, which number are we at now? This is 50-ish? <laughs> 50-ish? We believe this is the 50th release. There's been 48 full-length films. Right. Scientists are baffled at the counting strategy. 47 full-length films, and this is the 50th release, if you count the three showcase releases. Very complicated. So, as I said, there'll be some spoilers. We talked about the other shorts that are on this compilation on the other shows that they appeared on, but we're going to go more in-depth now, because now Paul and Ryan have seen them. I was the only one who saw them before, except for Commandy, which Paul had seen. Right. Commandy. 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 Yeah, people give us... I can't not do it. Commandy. So let's kick it off and talk about Constantine first before we get to the other ones. So this is a sequel. Right. We're on dicey ground now. This is a <laughs> sequel to what we thought was the end of the New 52 continuity in these films, which was the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War film, which it ended with Constantine and the Flash putting their powers together to end that continuity and restart the animated world. And so then we got started over with the new Tomorrowverse, which we need a new name for that, by the way. And so this is a sequel in which Constantine must face the consequences of his actions. Meddling. He meddles with the forces of the universe and the specter, which I thought was a nice reveal, Yeah, has put him into the house of mystery in which he lives over and over all of these terrible scenarios with his friends and his ex Zatanna and other demons and monsters t- constantly torturing and tormenting him. And it's a multiverse of madness, if you will. <laughs> until he has to find I a way, not. in the best Constantine manner, escape from yeah. this torture chamber. I 
I actually enjoyed it. Did I was you? surprised. Yeah. Okay. It was fine. It was fine. Like, I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. <laughs> That's a short little Constantine story. It was all right. It really threw me that the animation changed so drastically when it's supposed to be the same character from the same continuity, but like he's drawn in a completely different style. Well, he starts off in the old style, then he's, his face changes when he's in the house. Yeah. Which I thought was, I mean, once I got used to it, it was an interesting choice, but it threw me at first because I, I, I wasn't like aware that I, I went into this completely cold. I did not know that this was a continuation of the Flashpoint mm-hmm. story from before. So when I saw that you, you know, there was a different, <laughs> yeah, man, I was just, you know, fist pumping. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's <laughs> spend more time with these versions of the characters. <laughs> Look, if this was a full length film, Paul, I would be right, I'd be right there with you, but sure. However many short minutes this is, I didn't keep track. Well, you know what? That, that, that's part of it. Like We were talking about this before. I went into this under the assumption that it was a full feature of the Constantine part, and then we were also getting the shorts. Uh. But this is a short in itself. So I was of the mindset that, oh, my God, there's like, you know, 72 more minutes of this. <laughs> and it's just the constant, like, he's, you know waking up in different realities and it's you know it's like you wake up from a nightmare into another nightmare into another nightmare and i didn't love the character designs in this the animation style how do you feel about house of mystery stuff in general paul in Mm, that's tricky i I think there there are good iterations of that but dream sequences just in and of themselves are not typically my favorite sure because they're so built on like more tropes of dreams than how we actually experience dreams in reality. There's always like the the idea of of a character getting a prophetic dream, and my dreams don't even like they barely have a narrative to them. It's 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 more. <laughs> but these aren't dreams, though. Right? Yeah. It's he's living right. this reality. It's real. He's having an Ebenezer Scrooge. Kind of, yeah, you know. I mean, the House of Mystery and all that. I mean, it's it's you know, it's in that kind of Sandman corner of the DC universe. I, I understand Paul's point. I think this is like an inverse Groundhog Day, right? At one point, he says he's been doing it for years, so like he's he's doing these things over and over again. So you know, like he and Zatanna have a family, but bad things happen to his kids. He's hanging out with his mates Chaz and those other guys playing poker, and bad things happen there. He and Zatanna are going to have sex, and then she turns into a succubus. So, like, there's all kinds of things, and he just keeps reliving over and over. He gets his head chopped off, his blood everywhere. Should the succubus reveal that they didn't have to stop? They could have. <laughs> I mean, well, that's fine. <laughs> As a short bit of torture for him, it was it was right. okay. And then, But then I liked when they revealed it was the Spectre, who was voiced by uh, Lou Diamond Phillips. And we should note that Matt Ryan, who apparently is the only one who can voice Constantine, is, is the voice of Constantine. I don't think I'm a fan of his Constantine. I think that's part of it too. Is or, or the way that they write him. It's just mm-hmm. it's so it's ever since they they went from the Vertigo Constantine to the DC Universe yeah. Constantine, and it just feels so inauthentic. Like throwing in the Britishisms. I feel like they're screwing with us because I feel like every time we see him, his jacket gets shorter. And so this time <laughs> it was barely bigger than a shirt, and I was like, what is he wearing? You know, in the comics, it's a full trench coat. In the short-lived TV show, they cut it down like a three-quarter length coat, which he also wore on Legends. And now it's like a member's jacket. <laughs> and now it's like a members-only jacket. And I was like, what is happening? Next time we see it, it's going to be a tank top. But, you know, Lou Diamond Phillips' Spectre was fun, and he's, he reveals that he was a kid. Constantine fucked with reality, so now they're going to fuck with him. But I actually thought 
that the resolution was really fun and very Constantine appropriate in which he tricks the specter into publicly throughout the universe announcing that Constantine's going to be subject of you know eternal torture. And that brings in all the demons over the years that he has promised his soul to and they all show up and fight over him and then they end up... That's a funny escape. idea. I thought it was yeah. fun and funny and... And then, you know, at the end, you th- he doesn't actually escape. He gets sent into the void. So I'm hoping then that's it. No more. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, you're hoping that there was going to be more Constantine adventures. No, no. And it's on a cliffhanger. Right. The way it ended, it didn't really add anything to the ending of Flashpoint. Well, other, other than the... Sh- you thought Flashpoint was the end of the movie. Turns out some other stuff happened to one of the characters, but then they went into an infinite void forever the end. It showed that there was a price to pay for what, what he did. He really did suffer for however centuries or however long he was in the House of Mystery. Do you guys know how long Phil from Groundhog Day was supposedly in his time loop, according to Harold Ramis? A uh, long time. Oh, I knew that at one point. Like 800 years or something like that? I think Harold Ramis said at least 10,000 years. Oh. <laughs> wow. He's seen that movie a lot of times. So, you know, I thought it was okay as a way of showing, look, there was a price to pay but I didn't care. Like, I don't care. That's that there fine. Was, like, at the end of Flashpoint, if you had told me, you know, like, you think... Because the movie, like, Flashpoint ends on a bummer. So it's not like, oh, I'm glad they found this horrible solution by ending the universe. Like, and if you had told me, like, oh, and also there was a price to pay for that, I'd be like, okay, fine. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And the other two original shorts of these collections before, one was the Batman Death in the Family, Choose Your Own Adventure one. And previous to that, it was Shazam, Superman Adventure. And those are really fun and original. So this was... Not, and it sort of plays into DC's need to constantly connect all these films together, but... Yeah, that's the thing. It, it doesn't stand on its own, and yeah. only crazy people like us watch all of these. <laughs> I think you could watch this if you've never seen the other ones and get a complete uh, Right, complete I mean, they, they do give it. you the coda from the uh, Apocalypse War, so you, you get that. You get the setup for it. This doesn't require that you know any of the setup from that. It's that classic thing of he meddled with you know the time stream or whatever and so now he's got to pay and i, th- I think that the, the concept is fine it's just i didn't particularly like the script or the look of it i say like, and then when everybody started like like vomiting blood I'm like this is unpleasant <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot it was a lot i don't think it ranks among their best you know visuals i mean not just the vomiting blood but this short it just i don't think it was visually appealing I liked when Constantine was mocking the Spectre as being a wannabe demigod or whatever. I thought that was funny. Yeah, because like, what is the Spectre, really? He's the spirit of vengeance, Righteous right? Vengeance, he's like, yeah. He's DC Ghost Rider. But on a bigger scale, he's a cosmic being. Ghost Rider is not a cosmic being. I think you, well, could, make, I think you could make an argument there, but it's, yeah, he exists in sort of a different sphere of influence within DC than Ghost Rider exists within Marvel. Yeah. And there's also the cosmic Ghost Rider, which is its own separate thing. Let's move on to the other shorts I'm looking forward to talking to you guys about. And I'll, just as an overall thought on them is that I don't remember what I said for each one mm-hmm. yeah, at the time, but I really liked watching all three of these. And I don't think I did previously, but I, for whatever reason, I was down for them. In fact, I watched all of these twice. I watched this last week when I thought we were going to record last week, and then I, I was like, shit, I don't remember a lot of the details, so I went back and mm-hmm. watched them all again today at lunch. I had a lot of fun with all, with all three of them, and I don't think I did before. I think... I think I thought that Losers was only okay. I loved Blue Beetle before, and I can't remember what I thought about Commandy, but I really liked them all. I really liked them all. Let's talk about Commandy first, since that was up first on the disc itself. Commandy, The Last Boy on Earth, mm-hmm. which had a very Kirby-esque animation style, or at least art style and opening, and this is sort of uh, Commandy 
and a bunch of other characters going through trials to see who will be the chosen one. And of course, the chosen one is the new Superman, sort of. What did we think of Commandy? And also, the way it ends feels like it's a, a pitch, like setup. it's a yeah. it's a setup yeah. for like a pilot for a you know a new ongoing series. And visually, yeah, it, it definitely the spirit of King Kirby is in there. It reminded me a lot of in after the '90s Spider-Man series ended. They went into uh, Spider-Man Unlimited. Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah, the High Evolutionary is Alter Earth. Which is, I mean, thematically very similar because it's got, like, beast people. It's like like Island of Dr. Moreau kind of thing. But Mm. also just visually, they look of... They're cut from the same cloth, which I thought was kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any, like, shared lineage between those two or if it's simply Western animators aping Kirby style. And they just happened to end up in the same place. But it really reminded me of that old series, which was such a crazy curveball for kids who grew up with the original 90s animated, or the original, the 90s Spider-Man series. And then going into that, which was just so bizarre. But also the 90s animated series ends on a giant cliffhanger that they never yes, resolved. Yes, it does. And, then it's a, right. and so it's like you get this crazy cliffhanger that your little kid brain can't really handle because you're like, wait, what happened? <laughs> like they're going through the multiverse and then it... And then the new series that comes out, it's like, he's on a rock and he's on a different earth and there are animals and his costume's different. I'm like, wait, what? what? (laughs) Alright, Spider-Man's not in this movie. No, he's not. Paul brought up Spider-Man. It's not my fault. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Animation brain trust. I loved this one. I thought the animation was absolutely fantastic. I think something that helped me understand Command D as a character was when they did that sort of cliffhanger challenge where like each writer had to write him into a different corner. Yeah. Right. I love the propulsiveness of Commandy stories. There's never really time to stop and talk anything through. It's just like, no, we gotta go. Like, jump off this thing. Hurry. There's yep. an ape man. Quick. Watch <laughs> out for those rats. Yes. Shoot them. You know, and it's just Frying like... Frying pan into the fire, into the fire, into the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. The guy's steel, so the bullets didn't hurt him. So they've released acid. I gotta run to the acid. Like, it's just... I love that it's one thing after another, and it's just chaos. Commandy as a character is really just a cipher for this world, and he's just the guy who goes through all these insane situations one after the other and has to figure it out and survive. And yeah, it's, it's super fun. And I thought visually this lo- was just awesome looking. And of all of these, is probably the most action-packed. Like, the losers sure. have a lot of action to it, but this was the most, as you said, propulsively action-oriented. It was just like, you have to survive these challenges. It starts off with a little action sequence to get to the challenges, but then you get to the challenge and they have to survive. And you've got Steel, and, uh, and then there's the tiger that's not Takitani and Tufton or something. It's such a weird world. I love it. I do like it. It's so bizarre. How could you not? It's very fun. Uh, but I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Imagination run rampant. It's got click clock in it, the big grasshopper. It's wonderful. This one featured the voice of Cameron Monaghan as Commandy. Commandy? Prince Tufton. Right. That's what I said. That's of the Tiger Kingdom. I said Tufton. All right. So Commandy is uh, played by the, yeah, the guy from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. The recent Star Wars game. This was fun. Let's talk about the losers, which I definitely remember not really liking the first time. But I really did like it. I don't maybe because I knew what was coming and it allowed me to really sort of enjoy what it was, not what I was hoping it'd be. This is very much taking a page from the Darwin Cook losers mm-hmm. you know, from the uh, New Frontier story. I mean, the losers have been around forever, but this felt very much like that intro to the New Frontier, uh, in which the losers, which is a World War II team of outcasts. Captain Storm, Johnny Cloud, Henry, Milo, Minute Jones, and Gunner, and Sarge are going to Dinosaur Island. They're bringing Fan Long, the Chinese agent, to rescue some scientists. And turns out Fan Long has her own mission, which is counter to theirs, and there's a conflict. I thought this was great. This was really great. I don't know what was wrong with me before. 
<laughs> Your thoughts? I thought just like tonally really cool, and it just reminded me of old like Hanna Barbera action adventure cartoons, like you know the Herculoids and mm-hmm. Johnny Quest and stuff like that. I thought it could have leaned into that even a little bit more, but it's kind of a very straight laced kind of serious script for how much ridiculousness is in it. Yeah, like it plays it straight, and mm-hmm. I think that ultimately works with the way it ends, with the way it resolves. Is it so crazy? <laughs> Like we're gonna go off into this big what's it called the um the wild bunch like yeah. sacrifice at the end, and that's very cool. Yeah, so they end up in Dinosaur Island. The only thing I think I have slightly negative to say about it is, I'm a big fan of Dean Winters going back to Oz. I don't know that he worked exactly right as Captain Storm. I don't think his voice matched the look of the character. Mm, yeah, I can see that. I like him a lot. I thought his performance was good, but I, I don't know that it matched the design. But it was fun. You know, it's your ragtag World War II army squad and. They don't have superpowers. They're just guys trying to fight dinosaurs and survive. And it was fun. I thought it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Ryan? I didn't like this one as much as Commandy or the Blue Beetle one. Mm-hmm. I watched this one last. And by the time I got to this one, I was a little distracted by some other stuff going on in, in the room with me. So I just kind of wasn't paying as close of attention as I could have. Maybe if I do the Connor method where I revisit it in a couple of months, I'll feel differently about it. But it didn't grab me in any particular kind of way. I liked it. I liked the resolution. I liked the whole, like, you know, you'll be killed. You'll lose against this force. And they go, yeah, that's what we do. And I was like, all right, that's fun. Yeah. That's nice. I was like, all right, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much how I felt when I watched it the first time. So maybe. Okay. Of the four, it was the least engaging immediately. I, f- but I felt the least engaged by it. That's right. for sure. Less than Constantine? No, Constantine was probably... I mean, but I watched that one first. Yeah. You know, losers, I feel like you'd know where the story's going to go. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose and do something losery, and that was fine. Whereas Constantine, I like legitimately wasn't sure what twists and turns the story was going to take, and it was the first one I watched, so I was a little more engaged, and I just was a little checked out by the time the losers came around. Sorry, losers. One of the reasons why I like the short so much is that we're never going to get an animated right. film about the losers. So we get 100% a couple of minutes of it. Stage at Sergeant Rock before, also fighting monsters, and they might need to have a different story for their World War II characters. Mm-hmm. You know, we're never going to get a Phantom Stranger full on, but we, we got a short. So I, I like these. That's I like short, that we got a so loser. Good. But the real showcase for me in these showcase shorts was the Blue Beetle. And I, was, I remember raving to you guys about this and saying you guys had to watch it somehow. Yeah. And so this one stars Matt Lanter as Blue Beetle, and then a whole bunch of other characters show up. This was very much plays on the old the sort of 80s Hanna-Barbera cartoon style. Super Friends. Super Friends. Yeah. Birdman. The animation going bad a couple of times and recycled backgrounds and things. Very fun, very innovative. I thought legitimately funny. Yeah. As mm-hmm. the Blue Beetle teams up with the question to fight Dr. Spectro, but then it becomes a Watchmen Story I loved it. Uh, yeah. Captain Adam, Nightshade, The Question, and Blue Beetle all fight together. I loved all the jokes about, you know, Steve Ditko's love of Ayn Rand and, like, The yeah. Question being this morally uncompromising kind of <laughs> hating the hippie soda dealer. And, oh, it was just but so hilarious. Funny. But he was, it was hilarious. So it was great. The question. David Kay's voice was just genius. And, yeah, the, 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 the hippie store clerk. Yeah. Who, when they all get zapped by the ray that makes them doubt everything and he's wondering if jazz is the real sellout man man i laughed so many times watching blue beetle and it's totally like that's like that's the casey Kasem character yeah right like like that's like as you're watching it i'm flashing back to watching you know like uh, tbs or cartoon network when i was a little kid and not being entirely like 
uh, on the same page with no. their humor sometimes being like what <laughs> but that that was the writer's room having fun at the time and talking about hippies and stuff <laughs> there was no peacemaker cameo was there no no he was the only one missing from that group as you think that was just because of the james know. gunness he, of he all, might have been or? off limits i don't know maybe i mean if you think about it peacemaker isn't on the watchman which isn't a name of they use in the comic anyway. the comedian was no i mean like in the, the book itself he's dead the first issue so at the beginning of the book yes yeah yeah. But in the flashbacks, he was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it was so sharply written. Every time I thought, they're not going to squeeze a joke out of this, they did, and it was very funny. Hmm. The interplay between Blue Beetle, who is slightly dopey, but he's a, you know he's Ted Cord, he's a genius. And the question was delightful. I love the whole segment where the question reveals he knows Ted Cord is Blue Beetle, but Blue Beetle won't admit mm-hmm. it. Oh, that was so funny. Where he's like, it was. This was made by genius inventor Ted. And then he finally just says, "Yeah, okay, th- thanks, thank you for." <laughs> it was just really funny. It was really yeah. funny. I loved that the I they either dipped into the archives or recreated the sound effects that would have been mm-hmm. in those cartoons, like when they drop the diamond and are trying to catch it. There's like this sound that you only hear in those cartoons. <laughs> like nowhere right. else in the world do you hear that sound, but it's like instantly takes you right back. And so, yeah, that, like the, just the, like the character design, I think for the question in particular is such a spot on, yes. like, because it's not it's not the usual color scheme for him, but it would be the colors that they'd use in that period. Like instead of using like like grays and blues like yes. they do in the other animated stuff, they use like this orangey brown and like just these ugly colors. <laughs> and but it looks totally like it, it looks like lost character designs from that period. For sure. And then, you know, you get about halfway through and Captain Adam and Nightshade, they all show up and you're just like, oh, Mike, now they're doing Watchmen? Which, <laughs> if anyone doesn't, who's listening doesn't know, the Watchmen characters are based off of these characters from Charlton. And he even says, it's my Charlton friends. Yep. It was just funny. It was a comedy. Illusions is an action story. Command is basically an action story. Constantine's thought it was a horror story, but this was a comedy. And I'm so glad they did it. When I first saw it, and I think I said this before, when I first saw it originally, like, this one will have a Blue Beetle short. I thought for sure it was a Jaime Reyes short. Right. Yeah, I remember thinking that. And then it was like, whoa, it's Ted Cord, And whoa, whoa, what are they doing? <laughs> I had so much joy watching this one. I really did. I would love more of these. I don't know if this plays for a kid now. <laughs> no, not at all. Who has no context for any of that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Was this your guy's favorite? I think this was my favorite of this batch. Yes, this batch. I mean, this batch. Like... Phantom Stranger was my favorite of that batch because it's just so weird and yeah. it's like yeah. clearly like they're having fun. I really liked the Commandy one, but this one probably edged it out just because of how funny it was. And also, I thought terrific voice acting, you know, yes. really terrific voice acting. And it was clear writing. he feels like actors who got the jokes. Yeah, because they would have grown up with that stuff and you know might have revered those those actors. You know. Yeah, I really can't stress enough how much people need to watch this one if they haven't seen it especially if you grew up at all in the 80s and watched those cartoons hmm. i mean you, you can enjoy it without having that association because it's very smart but i remember for the first time watching this going wow sort of the really flat layouts and the action being flat and at one point the blue Beetle's costume colors invert yes <laughs> which is something that used to happen back then so it was great i don't have the credits in front of me but i applaud whoever came up with this idea they really committed to it they went all the way. Yeah. Really great. I'm so glad this came out because I was so frustrated that you guys couldn't see it before. It's like, they're going to love this. They just need to see it. And the other thing is, like, they're poking fun at those cartoons, but it's also clearly a love letter, too. Oh, for sure. That stuff. Yeah. I mean, those cartoons were silly. Yeah. 
but they were a lot of fun. I enjoyed them mm-hmm. watching them, and I laughed. I legitimately laughed so hard when they got zapped, and the, the store clerk was like, "What if jazz is the sellout, man?" <laughs> and it, it doesn't sound funny when I'm saying it, but in context, it's very funny. So yeah, so those are the shorts. What a weird collection. Of very things. strange. Last time we had Sergeant Rock, Death, Phantom Stranger, and Adam Strange. We had one more last time. All right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, the Phantom Stranger is still the one that sticks out from that one for me. Yeah, that was a weird one. I liked. I liked one. the Death one quite a bit. The Death was very good. That was a good one. That, that was, was a, was a strong collection of them. Yeah. Yeah. Other than Adam Stranger, was terrible. Let's see. Then the original one was the Spectre, Jonah Hex, Green Arrow, and the Green Arrow one was terrific. I remember that. But yeah, this was great. You know, we thought for sure they were done. Yeah. They took eight years between shorts. That's how long we've been doing this. Gosh. They stopped in 2011, and we thought, okay, they're done with shorts. They did a Catwoman one for Batman Year One. It didn't get. It didn't end up on a collection because there was only that one. They came back in 2019. We don't know yet if there's going to be shorts on the next batch of films. They haven't said, and they haven't released that information. And we've got another one coming up in like five weeks or so. So we haven't we haven't heard. But every time, I just assume the shorts will be done because I can't imagine they're getting much return on it. Yeah, it's like, how are they these, getting away with this? Other <laughs> this than weird vanity project. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they continue. And if they have to take a break and come back later, that's fine too. But I hope they get to make more. That was DC Showcase, Constantine the House of Mystery. Let's talk real briefly. So the next one we, uh, we have coming up is Green Lantern, Be Aware My Power, which comes out July 26th, which means we'll probably have the review come out sometime in August only because I think I'm going to be on vacation. Yeah, I'm going to be on vacation when that happens. So the review will come out in August. Looks compelling. Looks compelling. We've watched the trailer. It's John Stewart, Green Lantern action. Hal Jordan does feature in it as sure. controversially some kind of hero figure. I don't understand that, but no, I'm I'm, I'm excited that it's it's John Stewart that we're giving you know the spotlight to some other lanterns instead of Hal and a whole bunch of other characters. Which some of them are in the trailer, some are not. I got a little spoiled when I was looking for information on. Them. Oh, okay. I will avoid that then. Yeah, I looked at the press release and they list they had a lot of characters that I hadn't seen before. I was like, oh shit. All right. So it looks like it's sort of a, a big adventure that's kinda of, well, who knows? We haven't we don't know. Maybe they're just in it for two seconds. We don't know. Good trailer though. It looks neat. The trailer's neat, and this is what so we've had is this the third Green Lantern? Yeah, this is the third Green Lantern one they've done. Cause they did Emerald first Knights, Flight. which was First Flight, and then that's a Hal origin story. And then right. Emerald Knights, which is another kind of anthology. It was an anthology. First Flight was like the fifth one they did. Yeah, it was the fifth one yeah. they did. Back in 2009. Then Emerald Knights came two years later. And then that's been it. <laughs> I'm scrolling through. The, yeah. Yeah, this is the first Green Lantern film in 11 years. I'm looking forward to that. And then we have, after that, is the Super Sons film. Battle of the Super Sons, I think it's called. Love the Super Sons. I'm not excited for that, but that's fine. Okay. That's fine. I just don't like either character, but that's okay. But we'll, we'll, we'll take it as it comes. I mean, I think I, they were made to hurt you specifically. <laughs> they were. I felt personally attacked. The mega corporation like that didn't need to personally attack me, but they did. And that's it was, yeah, the way they called you out. a chance to rant pretty... about Damien some more. Yeah. So there we go. That was fun. I liked watching those films. I liked watching them again. I liked talking to you about them. I look forward to talking about Green Lantern in a month or so. Yes. So we'll be back for that. We'll be back for that one. We'll be back for Super Sons. Then there's a, supposed to be a milestone film next year. So we'll see if that actually happens. You know, sometimes they that could be very cool. Could be cool. But who knows? More than one character. It's probably going to be a bunch of milestone characters. Static and hardware and icon and rocket probably. I'm guessing it's going to be like a showcase of all the milestone characters. 
The only one I really have any familiarity with is Static. Static. Did you watch the cartoon? Off and on, it wasn't one of my go-tos, but like eventually he crossed over with Batman Beyond and was in that world for a minute. Yeah. So that's mm. well, we'll be back. We still soldier on as long as they do. We've been doing this since 2007 when Superman Doomsday came out. So we'll we'll keep on trucking. Well, yep. <laughs> and we'll be back next time with Green Lantern. Be where my power. Do the viewers want us to keep on trucking? You're talking like there's been feedback that they want us to. Stop. No, no, they not at all. <laughs> no one's. Uh, no, everyone seems to still enjoy the show. I still like doing them. People always. Right. Say, Is there going to be an animated brain trust for such and such? And yeah, yeah. we've been doing this since 2007. The answer is yes. Yes, the viewers okay. want it. We're going to keep going. And so until Green Lantern. Do we need to talk power, about whether or not they're viewers. No, they know. Okay. All right. And until then, I am Connor. I'm Paul. I'm a viewer who's named Ryan. Call it up when it gets there. What's it like in the mystery zone? The times that we've met before we've met.